Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 85. Called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm gonna get you a copy. It was all about women tapping into their pleasure, and you can take that in a number of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. 
And today it's Q&A Tuesday. (laughs) Today we are answering your questions about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, we get a lot of questions through email, on our Facebook page, and in our Facebook group. So we wanted to answer some of them live on air with you today. And we're going to do an organic biodynamic wine tasting on top of it. Ooh, yes. One of our listeners, thank you, sent us some wine to taste. I'm super excited. If anyone wants to send us wine, we will taste it. Yes, we will take wine uh, anytime. <laughs> or juice or products or samples of anything, really. That's yep, vegan. we're not shamed in any way by that. We're shameless. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but before we get to our episode today, first we have to tell you about our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. Acuity allows you to schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Are you looking for the perfect scheduling tool for your business? Are you sick and tired of sending emails back and forth and wasting your precious time on scheduling your clients? If so, we've got the solution for you. Yes, if you're a small business owner, maybe a massage business like Susie's or a podcast like us, where you have to schedule appointments on a regular basis, Acuity is the only scheduling tool and time management tool you will ever need. You're here to make yourself money, not make yourself crazy. And we've been there. Yeah, we have. We've gone crazy a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) But Acuity took the Food Heals podcast to the next level and really changed our business. You know, before we had Acuity, we were spending all this wasted time on emails back and forth. Can you make it at this time? Can you make it that time? Like, it's a total nightmare, right, Suze? Absolutely. You know, and so it's so much better now. It's so much easier. The entire process is automated and we're saving all this time. And time is money. So we're saving money. Yes. Clients can see your real-time calendar availability, self-select the time that works best for them, and easily book and pay for their own appointments in advance, sparing you 89% of current headaches, mix-ups, and grunts of frustration. I've never had a grunt of frustration. Just kidding. I have them all the time. Yeah, but you're so ladylike about them. Aw, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, if a client needs to reschedule, they can do it themselves without ever bothering you with an email. And that has been a lifesaver for Susie and I, because when you get home at night and you have all the emails to respond to, to schedule something the next day, it is torture, right? And when you have many things going on, as you and I both do, and as our clients do, they often have multiple businesses, things come up. Yeah. And so to find a time that works for everybody was just an endless sea of emails back and forth. I can't believe, how did we do it before Acuity? I don't know. I don't know. It was a lot of time wasted, but now it's so seamless. It's great. Never let another client fall through the cracks, miss a beat or lose a booking. You'll get notified anytime a new appointment is booked. Check your schedule right from your phone and even tell Acuity to automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCal, or Office 365. And I just love how the booking goes straight to my iCal. I know. I love that too. Mm -hmm. Gain an instant professional edge and be able to compete with the big guys, no matter how small your business. Or big your business. That's right. (laughs) Automatically, you can send branded and customized confirmations, reminders, and follow-ups via email or text message. And if you need to accept payments, you can accept payments and tips through Stripe, PayPal, Braintree, and Authorize.net with the click of a button. 
Go to acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals to get a 45-day trial. I mean, that's a really amazing deal, Food Heals Nation. It's usually 14 days, but you can try it out with our discount for 45 days. See if it works for you. If it doesn't, try something else, but I'm, I'm betting it will. I can't imagine how it wouldn't. Yeah, and it's really affordable if you do decide to do it. It's a low monthly fee. They even have a free version if you don't need all the bells and whistles. So there's different tiers you can choose from. Acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals. Next up, we're answering your questions and tasting your wine here on the Food Heals Podcast. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Do you hear that? I like that sound. You're going to have to drink all of that now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. All right, Food Heals Nation, we are taste testing an amazing wine that was sent to us by Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina, so much. It's organic, it's biodynamic, and it's grown in Santa Barbara County. So, ready to take a sip? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Mmm. I like it. Have you ever done that? Aerate? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, aerate in your mouth? Yeah, you suck in. Yeah. It's really good. Can yeah, you see the bottle? it's really good. Yeah. So, this is called Levo, L-E-V-O, like levitate. And um, let's see. The winemaker is her boyfriend, Brett Ernest. Lucky girl. I know. <laughs> I wish we had one of those. <laughs> and she just wrote in and she said she loves the show and she wanted to send us a bottle to taste. And if we liked it, of course, we will promote it. So It's delicious. Yeah. And I am not easy on wines yeah, you're very not. specific. That's true. I think I'm easier than you are. Like, I almost love everything unless it's like, like the other day there was a bottle and I was like, oh, this went bad. And Susie's like, no, it's French. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I didn't like that bottle. <laughs> I liked it. But the French wines are just, they're just different. They're not, they're a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. Usually they're not, you know, California wines are a little bit more smacky in the face with flavor. Got it. Um, well, this one's very flavorful. Yeah, but it's dry at the finish, so it's like it's not too much. You know, like sometimes Chardonnays, they describe them as buttery. Oops. Yeah. Sometimes they're like drinking a glass of butter. Yeah. Or sometimes Cabernets are just too big. You know, like French wines, French red wines are never as harsh as California cabs. Yeah. In my opinion. Okay, well, you know more than I do. I'm sticking I just my like nose up in the air as I'm talking to you. <laughs> Food Hills Nation is a judgment-free, judgment-free zone. Hey, Allie, let's uh, let's answer some questions. What do you think? All right. I mean, we get a lot of them, so it's exciting to finally get to answer some of these. Our first question is from Tiffany. Susie, will you do the honors? I'd be happy to. <laughs> Tiffany writes, you probably get a lot of these emails, but I'm going to go ahead and just tell you how much I enjoy and admire your podcast and how much it has helped me. Food Heals is basically the place where I found so much advice and so many answers to questions all in one place, embedded in great conversations you have with your guests. About two years ago, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune issue called ITP, idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, purpura, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that, purpura, that was described to me as follows. My immune system was overactive and attacking my platelets, making my blood very thin and putting me not only in extra danger in case of accidents, but also introducing a number of symptoms that came to affect my day-to-day life. At some point, it took an immeasurable effort to simply stay awake past 2 to 3 p.m. Naturally, I was given steroids and told, like a number of your speakers have mentioned before, that food and lifestyle have nothing to do with this and would not help me. 
However, after a year on prednisone, not getting at all better or being able to stay awake like a normal person, I began to research and with the little things I found, and later on your amazing podcast, I have managed to get off the steroids and actually function and have energy most days all day long. The one thing that seems to be my last barrier to reversing my condition is the stress and anxiety. Granted, I still know very little about this and a number of doctors and practitioners and acupuncturists still seem to have trouble helping me more. And as ITP seems to be a condition with which most are completely unfamiliar, I was wondering if you would at all consider speaking about it on the show with anyone who may know more. I know you have also done a lot of episodes on depression and anxiety issues and talked about self-love and other things that help one get over the former. Do you have any more suggestions on how to practice these things exactly? Like a do-it-yourself towards training the mind to think positive and think love? Thank you so much for your time and for the wonderful work you put out there. Wow, Tiffany, thank you so much for this question. I feel really, really, I, I feel like this is so important because autoimmune is so close to my heart. And even though I'm not familiar with ITP, Susie and I will definitely seek out someone to interview on the show who is can, who can really, truly speak to your specific condition. Mm-hmm. But we would love to answer the second part of your question because I do think it's all related. Um, if you're dealing with depression and anxiety and looking for more self-love, there's a reason for that. And I've overcome it. I'm not perfect. I'm not sitting here in front of you going, hey, I'm happy all the time, 100%. You're pretty perfect. <laughs> Susie, you're so sweet. I know you pretty well. You're not, you're, I'm not, I don't know you inside and out, but I know you pretty well and you're pretty darn great. I think you're pretty perfect too. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> But both of us have done so much work on ourselves. <laughs> yes, we have. We didn't get... You went to grad school for it. I did. And I, I put did. in a good 10 years in therapy, not to mention every kind of body uh body work you could ever do exactly and i don't think that you know i don't think that we're unique Susie and i i don't think that tiffany is unique i think that so many a majority of the population deals with either depression or anxiety or both yep and so Susie and i are very familiar with this and we've got lots of tips and tools and tricks and You know, we would love to tell you about our experiences and how we've really overcome that. And I know you want action steps. So we're going to give you everything we have today. And then just to go back to the ITP, I just want to say that it sounds like you have come such a long way and we're so impressed and we're so proud of you that it sounds like you have changed your diet. You have realized that, you know, you got to get off those steroids. You've got to get off those drugs. Those are only temporary solutions until you find the solution. Right, they're, they're addressing the symptoms, not the root cause. Yes, exactly. Couldn't have said it better. You're on the right path. You're doing an amazing job. So I just want to prize you and tell you that like we're really, really excited for you. And we know that you're only going to get better and better. Yeah, well, even just making the step and sending that email and listening to our podcast and looking for answers outside of what you're already being told, because there are so many autoimmune disorders, diseases, out there today. They, I feel like there's constantly ones new of, that, that are evolving. I remember when I started my massage practice, fibromyalgia, the diagnosis of it was still pretty new, mm-hmm. you know, but the, and it's just that I've never even heard of ITP before this email, but there are so many ways in which our own bodies are attacking ourselves and it continues to grow and, and Western medicine and, you know, MDs don't have an answer for that. Not to say that what they're doing 
in, at least in diagnosing and trying to help isn't helpful. But if they don't have a solution, like Tiffany said, she was on, put on prednisone. Everybody knows you can't live on steroids for your life. No, you can't. They're incredibly damaging. They, the side effects alone. They pull out minerals out of your bones. They, yeah, they, they go on and on. I mean, they mess with your hormones. It's just, you can't live on them. It's not a solution. And so I applaud her for getting that far and getting off the steroids. That's fantastic. I do as well. And, you know, my mom had multiple sclerosis autoimmune. And I remember being told her body is attacking itself. And that never made sense to me. So I do invite anyone who wants to learn more about this to go back and listen to a couple of our episodes where we've had people talk about this. Robin Shirley talks about this. Anne Baroque talks about this. Just search in iTunes or search in whatever um, platform you use to listen to the podcast and you can hear their interviews. And they talk about this because what's happening is your body is recognizing something as a foreign invader and it is attacking it. So for people with celiac, it's attacking gluten. For people with multiple sclerosis, it is attacking the cells themselves that it is now recognizing as a foreign invader, even though they're not. So I'm not going to tell you that I understand why this is happening. You need to listen to the podcast to do that. But we know that all we have to do is change our diet and change our emotional mindset. And those things can reverse, right? So these autoimmune diseases are not a death sentence and they're not something that you have to live with and be on drugs on for the rest of your life. And I used to think that you did because I saw my mom go through that and there was no other answers. And now I know that there is because hundreds of thousands of people are reversing autoimmune, are healing from autoimmune. So you're on the right path. Now let's move into depression, anxiety, things that and self-love. Yeah, and self-love. Yeah, and we'll get to that. I will tell you, one of the number one things that worked for me, because I know you wanted tools and action steps, not just, you got to get yourself out of depression and anxiety so that you can experience self-love. You want action steps. You want to know day to day, what can you do, I think. And so... Well, what, wait, but wait, before we get to that, let's yes. just let's just briefly talk about what it is we're talking about. So depression in terms of an eye had clinical depression for many years and I tried to treat it with drugs and then when the drugs leveled me off a little bit I decided that they weren't really helping as much as I would like them to and I needed to do more work on the subject for myself and I did intense therapies and when I found out when I really truly understood that depression is well my therapist told me depression is anger turned inward mm-hmm mm-hmm it took me a really long time to really accept that because I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not angry at my... I really d- didn't think I was angry at myself. I have a lot of depression and anxiety and mental issues in my family. That is that is our bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Like other people have cancer or diabetes. That mm-hmm. is our stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I was told that depression is anger turned inward, I was just like, that didn't make a lot of sense to me for a really long time. It eventually, it eventually clicked. And then I also remember hearing a phrase that depression is constantly looking back over your shoulder and lamenting the past. Yes. And anxiety is worrying about your future. Yeah. Because I eventually not only had just the depression, then I just then my body decided to add anxiety on top of that. Yes. And when I understood that, when I heard that phrase, I was like, oh my God, it's true. Because nonstop I'd have thoughts of like looking back over my shoulder, saying I shouldn't have done that, beating myself up, uh, t- thinking about my mistakes, thinking about the th- ways that I had just messed up my life. 
And then when we turn to, when I turn to anxiety, thinking about the fear of the future, what if I repeat those mistakes? Am I going to get it right? It is. It was a nonstop just kind of um, cyclone in my own little brain that I kept nice and compacted under my hair. So no one else could see it. It was my own little thing. It was my brain just kind of, go, you know, and, and whether that happens, whether that happened to me because of my diet and I wasn't getting the proper nutrients for my brain, whether that happens because of my genetics and my diet, whether that happens because of my genetics, my diet, my past experiences, my brain, you could, you could go on forever. It's all of it. You can't exclude any of it. You have to embrace all of it as, well, I already knew that was part of my genetic background, but that doesn't have to be my future. And I just really want to, I don't, I don't know if this is coming across to our audience. When you get a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or both together, really understanding what, just what I said, yes. because those phrases, when I finally took them in and accepted them, I was like, oh my God. Yes, it's true. I'm either looking over my shoulder or looking into the future. I'm not in my present. Yes. And one of the reasons that always drew me to acting and to art and amongst other things like rock climbing, when I've been rock climbing, it's the same thing or surfing. It makes me be present. Yes. And when I'm present, I don't have my anxiety and I don't have my depression because I'm in my moment and I'm here with my co-host Allison doing a podcast or I'm with my dog hiking on a hill or I'm with my husband having a lovely dinner. And that doesn't always happen. I constantly have to fight off the demons of trying to pull me backwards or trying to make me fear about the future. So I hope that's helpful because that to me, once I really understood those concepts, it made the work and it made me kind of dealing with my issues a lot easier. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that, Allison. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> no, thank you for clarifying that, Suze, because that is so important and so true to recognize what it is that you're dealing with. And it took me with. so long to really understand that. And it's it sounds strange because you think if you pay someone, you pay a therapist to help you and they say something and you think you're just going to take it and go with it. But no, it, it everybody's got their patterns. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I was really wedged in. Mm-hmm. I was really in my depression. Yeah. It took, a, it took years out of my life, actually. Yeah, but here you are doing the podcast. Here I am, Be- talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> laughing. You got to look back and laugh, man, because, you know, that's, that's actually, that's proving that you've overcome. When you can look back at a traumatic event or experience and laugh, you know that you've really overcome it. And it's so- true. And then like, it, then it becomes your sacred wound. So in a lot of th- body therapies, you talk about like, you know, spirituality, your sacred wound. Like mm-hmm. I used to think that my problems or mistakes that I've made were just things to regret and things to lament. I come from an Eastern European family. Mm-hmm. If you've ever read Crime and Punishment, that was my life. My mm-hmm. grandparents were just very heavy people. I get it. It's cultural. I lived it. Mm-hmm. It's what we came from. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. You know, you, you can you can have that. And then another thing that I learned is that, like, if you've ever experienced darkness in your life in terms of negative thinking or depression, a way to think about it is that you can only experience as much joy as you ex- ever experience sadness. Mm-hmm. So if you only experience a little bit of sadness, you only experience a little bit of joy. If you know how far you can go in terms of like how dark life can be sometimes just as a human, just because we're sensitive. Yeah. I used to hold on to that and just kind of be stuck there. But then that means that you can also experience that opposite side of it too. Like a pendulum, it swings, yes. it swings all the way 180 degrees and it can go back the other way. Or no, that's too many. That's too many degrees. <laughs> 45. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. If you picture a pendulum. I get it. Okay. Then it swings back. Then you can experience that amount of joy. And that also really helped me. 
Sissy, I don't even think that you realize right now that you are channeling Deepak Chopra. Am I? Yes, because there's two points that you just made that I was reading in a book last night. And you don't even know this. We didn't talk about this before the show or anything, no, right? Okay. So one of the first things in, uh, you know, he has many, many amazing books. Um, this book, I have to run inside and, and tell you what it's called, but it's one of his um, shorter books. It essentially says that you can only manifest abundance when you're in the present. So let's hmm. say you're sitting here manifesting, thinking about the future, thinking about the past, whether it's positive or negative, you're not manifesting anything. You're just worrying or you're just being depressed. Yep. Just like you said, right? So depression is thinking about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future, not thinking about, because you can think about the past without regret, right? So I regretting guess- Regretting the past or living reg- in the past. Good. Good, good point. So what he says is you can only manifest abundance when you're in the present moment. The other thing that you touched on that he also talks about in the very same book that I just happened to be reading last night, I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) um, is that there is no joy without sadness. There is no anger without, you know, everything has a balance, a yin and yang. And I'm sure I'm not speaking it as eloquently as he did in the book. But the point is, is that you couldn't possibly experience true vibrant health if you didn't experience poor health. You couldn't experience true joy if you didn't experience sadness That's or right. you know something like that. And so I'm not justifying everything that happens to us or everything that we go through in terms of like, oh, you have to go through that to feel better. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a, a spirituality expert, but I do know that in order to recognize these things, we have to have experiences. And our whole life is just the sum of our experiences because they create who we are. And so if you can look back on your experiences and look in gratitude and look in love. And this is hard for me, Food Heals I was going to say that, and it is not easy. It's not easy. I'm, I'm speaking to you from, from someone who has, who, who has been through a lot of horrible things, and I know many of you have as well. And I'm not looking back and, you know, I still look back and I'm sad. I still look, I, I, I haven't given up on that. Um, I'm not completely 100% healed, I could say. But I can look back and be so grateful because I can tell you right now, if I hadn't experienced the death of both of my parents, I wouldn't be doing the podcast right now. I wouldn't be able to help people get through their grief the way that I do. I wouldn't be the go-to person when, when someone is experiencing loss and I don't know what I'm doing. I just happen to have experienced it, come to realizations and sought out teachers and speakers and people with more knowledge and read books and just become, you know, a self, a self-made, uh, expert on it. And, and I'm not saying I'm an expert. I don't have any degrees, but my I, I'm an experiential expert because I've gone to the very, very depths of despair and come out of it and turned it into something amazing. And and I, I, I don't even know what that sounds like when I say it out loud, because for a second it sounded like bragging. But what it no, really it's not, is, it's not bragging, though. It's an authentic expression of, of how far I've come, because I remember being so, so, so deep in despair, self-loathing, um, anger, fear, like anger at the past, sadness at the past, fear of the future. And sure, Do I get scared once in a while? Of course, I'm human. But in general, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty, my outlook is good. I know that 
everything's going to work out. And it took me a long time to get here. But I can tell you the tools that work for me. And I hope that, you know, they work for Food Heals Nation. I hope they work for Tiffany. I hope they, they work for anyone who's seeking this knowledge. Because it is all about loving yourself. It's about finding... It is. Yeah. And, you know, and we're sometimes handicapped. I was handicapped in that respect. I came from a really um, intelligent family, really pretty family. Mm -hmm. My family's good looking. You're pretty. You're good looking. Thank (laughs) you. We're good looking people. We lucked out in that department and and everybody's pretty smart. Um, The one area that I always thought was just the way everybody was is that my family is very negative Mm -hmm. and harsh on themselves, not on each other. Like there's, you know, um, my, I'm talking about my immediate family, the ones I'm close to, not, not harsh on each other, but really harsh on ourselves and like high expectations and really low forgiveness rate of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it only, um, it took my depression and my anxiety and my years in therapy to really learn that when I was in therapy and my therapist said, you know, you have self-loathing, right? I literally felt like she smacked me on the head. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? Right. I, I have, you know, I expect high things of myself, but that's because that's what I want out of my life. And she said, no, you're really harsh on yourself. You, you kind of hate yourself. Oh my gosh. When she's, and I was like, I, it again, took me a really long time to understand that. And then I forgot how it was sort of, um, an out of nowhere kind of experience like a car- cartoon anvil on my head was like bing I'm like oh my god she's right yeah and I always assume that that's just the way I should be that's that's the way I should be in order to accomplish things yeah is to be harsh on myself yes and if I didn't accomplish those things by this certain date by this age in the way it was supposed to be then I had messed up right um and to be honest a few years ago I saw a chiropractor who did applied kinesiology and he, and I was having just nothing specific, but I just wasn't feeling great. And he's like, you know, and, and we should, and applied kinesiology, another, there's a whole other episode. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love it. But he was like, you're on the path to get some kind of autoimmune stuff. If you don't mm. switch the way you're thinking about yourself, because it's muscle applied kinesiology, you do muscle testing and it yes. tells you exactly where you are with everything. I'm talking about like emotions, thinking, spinal alignment, injuries, just everything you could possibly, allergies, everything you can imagine your body will tell you. And he's like, you're really like negative. And so over and over and over again, I was like, God, I got to change not only my thinking, I got to not only just accept and release my past and not worry about my future. I really have to go back to this present moment. So I really feel for Tiffany in terms of like, she has an autoimmune. I felt like I was on the verge or, or still could be. I'm still working out my stuff. But I totally understand and completely accept of how much it is tied into your emotions and how yeah. oh, and how you deal with them and how you accept them and release them and let them go. Because you're going to have a ton of emotions, negative and positive, all yeah. throughout your life, especially about yourself. If you're anyone like me or someone from like my family, <laughs> we're really harsh on ourselves. And that in my mind that is what autoimmune is it's like it's your body turning inward and do you know statistically most autoimmune issues happen to women Mm. did you know that Mm -mm. yeah i know for a fact i remember reading a statistic that fibromyalgia like 85 or 90 percent of cases are all women over the age of like 45 usually people that have cared for others Mm -hmm. to the point of that they give up taking care of themselves Mm. and then there's nothing left for them yeah so just some 
little extra tidbits about uh, my experience with autoimmune and and how important it is not just just in general to love yourself but not easy sometimes especially if you're not where you want to be or you're not where you thought you should be when you were five or ten or fifteen or well it's letting go of the judgments about ourselves and those judgments may have been you know put upon us by early childhood upbringing like Susie you said you know this was ingrained in your family this can be put upon you by a sister brother parents you know teacher anyone very influential or all of them, or all of them. Yeah. yeah and then it, what it turns into as you grow older is yourself and you judging yourself and realizing or I don't want to say realizing because that's a bad choice of words or telling yourself I'm not good enough unless and fill in the blank yep And so no matter what you do, you're always failing in your own mind, in your own eyes. So you're judging yourself. You're hating yourself. You're not loving yourself. And people that grow up with perfectly wonderful loving family situations that don't have this get trapped in this too. So there's no way to determine like who's going to, you know, go through self-loathing and who's not. Some people might have loving family relationships and be bullied at school. Some people might have messed up family relationships, but are the star of the, you know, football team or something and are loved at school. And so they're, they don't take that in, you know, so no one can determine this. But everyone's got something. And most of these things are developed during childhood, but they can come on later in life. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to examine. And like when your therapist said to you, Susie, like, wow, you have a lot of self-loathing. And you're like, no, I don't. That happened to me, too. Sometimes someone else can recognize it within you that you can't even see yourself. Well, I love every... I'm happy. What are you talking... Well, I justified it. Mine was, no, I just have high expectations on myself. I have a plan for my life, and this is what I want. I'm not going to accept anything less, except... Guess what? What's that? What's that saying about like if you want to make a if you want to make God laugh, make a plan. <laughs> that <laughs> might be it. I like not that. Not everything is in your control, and sometimes yeah. you need the help of others. In fact, in my lifetime, at the tender age that I'm at, I realized no, it's all about getting help from other people. That's that's any 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 successful person. Yeah, didn't do it on them on their own. Oh, no. I no mean, way. You, you have you to have a on, tribe. You have to have a tribe and you have to have friends. You have to have help and you build it on the backs of other people and you have yeah. other people like just, I always thought I could do it on my own. I always thought this is, you know, this is, you know, I need to make my life a certain way and, and this is how I'm going to do it. And I have to do it on my self-reliance. Yeah. I have to do it on my own. And if it didn't happen, well, then I just was a failure. Well, it's like we want to be these independent women who don't need anyone else, who don't need a man, who don't need their family. You know, we're we're self-made. And that's, you know, that's cool that we have this, like, maybe it's feminism that, you know, that we didn't have, yeah. you know, I wasn't born then, but, you know, 50 years ago where women were expected to act a certain way, be in the household, be, you know, doing the dishes and, uh, you know, the things that women do not have to do today. And so there's this whole movement for women, which obviously is incredible but some people have taken on that past like i have to be this way and no you don't have well to i think be a anything. lot of women have that right yeah. because a lot of i know i want a family i don't have one yet i'm in my late 30s i always wanted um you know my mom was a homemaker but i wanted the i wanted some sort of career and i want i wanted my cake and i want to eat it too i wanted yeah. everything and it is a lot it is a lot to juggle and it may not look the way you want it to look, but that's okay. It's a matter of, I, I think, and this goes back to what we were saying about being present. 
and being okay with the fact that um, things aren't the way they should be or they're supposed to be or um, and re- and re- releasing the past and not worrying about the future being present and being that's how, I think that's the key of being self-loving yeah. you know forgiving and the past and letting go of the fear of the future absolutely letting go of the fear of the future I know is a tough one and letting go of the past it just depends on what you're holding on to but when you're in the present moment and you're finding so much joy in that moment you know whatever it is you're doing find something that you love to do whether it's dancing whether it's podcasting whether it's spending time with your kids your dogs whatever whether it's having a glass of wine at the end of the day the point is is if you can find a moment of peace where you're not looking forward you're not looking backward but you're just in the present moment those are the moments that you want to count and live for and so essentially you want to start recognizing them writing them down and continuing to up them so every time you know that you're in that state write it down later go i was in that state here this time 2 p.m 3 p you know whenever you're in that state and try to create more of those moments and that's really going to help you so then when you do sit down and try to do some of these tools such as meditation um you can go back to that spot so a lot of times the meditation they'll bring you to a, a place of that you feel in pure joy so sometimes some people it's like oh i'm hiking and i'm sitting at the top of the mountain some people it's like i'm petting my dog and laying in bed whatever it is for you if you're in that moment or you're not in that moment, you can bring that moment in into your meditation to get that peace. And then once you have that peace, you can then be in the present, work on whatever it is you want to work on, letting go, manifesting whatever you want in the future. So um, one thing that came to mind that I wanted to mention, this is a book actually that was recommended to me by a psychic that I saw years ago that also pointed out that I had self-loathing. It's called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm going to get you a copy. It was all about women tapping into their pleasure. And you can take that in a number of ways. <laughs> but it gave you, you know, it's a really great book and it's really um, female focused and it's just, it's you know, I feel like women take on a lot. You know, most uh, autoimmune issues, especially like fibromyalgia, I think like 85% of people that, that are diagnosed with fibromyalgia are women mm-hmm. over the age of 45 that have taken care of others and then have nothing left for themselves. Yeah. I mean, talk about, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God. And that's one of those autoimmune issues that like, they don't really know how to diagnose. There's no really test for it. They kind of just check off. Well, do you have pains? Do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have eight out of 10 symptoms? Well, I guess you have fibromyalgia. They don't right. really know. But it's just, you know, as an example, that women experience all this pain and they, I don't know, there was something, there was a connect for me there that's like women taking care of others as we do. That is what we, most of us want to do. It is in our nature. It's mm-hmm. in our DNA. And then there's nothing left for ourselves. It's all about balance. So this book um, was recommended to me by the psychic and it's just really great and um, Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts and she actually holds courses in New York about tapping into your own female pleasure Um, one way to also just get into the present moment and feel joy and not worry about the past or the future I love it so we'll definitely put her in the show notes I like her name Mama Gina's yeah (laughs) yeah it just sounds cool so what are some other tools that we can um, pass along to Tiffany I would love to give her some action steps. And so for me, one thing I did to really get over some of my regrets about the past and also helps me deal with fears of the future, so anxiety and depression both, is write and burn. And 
I cannot tell you how powerful this is. I learned this at USM, the grad school that, you know, was all about healing and loving yourself. Okay, you get a graduate degree in how to love yourself. Not even kidding. Um, But was right and burn. And so what you do is you find a quiet time, a quiet place. No one's going to bother you. The dogs aren't going to bark. The kids aren't going to come and get you. Like, you know, no one's around. Your roommate's gone. Be alone. Make sure that you're not going to be interrupted. Put that cell phone away. Put it on silent. Don't let your emails chime through. And really just set an intention to let go of everything that's not serving you and invite the loving, healing energy to come in. And so what you do is you just sit down and you start writing. This is not a diary. This is not, you know, dear journal. Here's what happened today. This is not, I'm in love with this boy, right? This is, I am so mad because this happened, right? (laughs) I hate this girl so much. You know what she said today? Like, what did she say? Exactly. This car that cut me off, that a-hole, right? So this is just whatever is on the surface. Verbal vomiting. Yes, exactly. Verbal vomit on the page. So usually for me, it starts off like easy peasy, like, oh, I'm so annoyed at that person or I don't want to do this job that I'm on or whatever. And then what happens is you verbal vomit on the page, as Susie said, and you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden you might be back in your childhood kitchen and you're mad at your brother who said this to you. Or maybe you're back in, you know, middle school and you're mad because oh, the girl school. teased you. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Sounds like you had some yes. <laughs> middle school experience. I did. So maybe you need to work on that because I hear a lot of power (laughs) in your words right now. Like something's coming up. Well, you know, what's really interesting, too, is like even the thought of going back there and thinking about things, just being human, you know, you you go through some shit, you you get bumps in the road, you get girls making fun of you and your brother teasing you and you're heartbroken. God, I I was told on Valentine's Day when I was 24 that this guy I was dating wasn't in love with me on Valentine's Day. Oh, what a jerk. That is a good write and burn. I need to do that. I haven't done that. Um, yeah, there's still some power behind yeah, it. And you a got fucking to. jerk. Yeah. And you're married and you're happy. I know. But if that is still in you somewhere, that's affecting you, right? That's in your How body. Could it not? It was Valentine's Day. God, that's horrible. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. So maybe you can just like write his name down and burn it like a witch. I did get some kind of, not retribution, but revenge. Kind of, not revenge, but just um, <laughs> sweet knowledge of where he wound up and I was walking through a supermarket and he was working in it. Like, oh, oh you've got a supermarket. I'm not sorry. Your sorry, music, not Your sorry. music career didn't work out because oh. you were such a great musician. Anyway. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> revenge is the best answer. <laughs> I know. Well, that made me feel good. Okay, we're just kidding. We don't recommend <laughs> revenge, but look, we all know how it feels when, you know, you see something like that. Well, you kind of feel good. you're wronged. But anyway, um... <laughs> So, Susie, you could write about that experience. I think I need to. Yeah, I think you do too. (laughs) And then you could burn it. And so what happens is you just sit there, take as long as you need. And there's no there's no 30 minutes you need to stop at. You can stop at five minutes. You can stop at an hour. Really, it's when you feel complete. Your body, your mind, your spirit is going to tell you we're complete for now. And so once you've gotten it all out, you're going to all of a sudden, you might cry, you might scream, you might hit a pillow. That's why I'm saying you need to be alone. Make sure the kids can't hear you. You know, make sure that no one can hear you. That's your neighbor is not going to be like, call the cops on you. Right. So you want to be in a safe space and you want to get that out. And it's okay. 
if you're writing and all of a sudden you need to throw something, throw a pillow, do something that's not going to damage the home, you know, (laughs) do something that is safe in your environment. A rubber spatula. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been baking. It came to mind. There won't hurt anybody. (laughs) Hey, maybe you're writing in your kitchen. You see that rubber spatula? Absolutely. (laughs) Just don't beat your kids with it. All right. So (laughs) the point is you want to get it all out on the page and then you're going to get rid of this page. No one's ever going to read it. No one's ever going to see it. If you're in a safe space where you have control, you're going to burn it. If you're not, if you're in a hotel or you're in an apartment building, just rip it up in a tiny little pieces, cross it out, throw it down, flush it down the toilet, just get rid of it so no one can ever see it. That energy has now left your body. Do you know how powerful this is? The reason that we have physical pain in so many cases is because of the emotional energy stored in our chakras in different parts of our bodies. And I'm preaching the choir because I got some upper back pain right now. Okay. So I know there's something I have to deal with, right? In order to release that pain. Yes. Sometimes you just scrape your knees. Sometimes you just fall, but chronic debilitating ongoing pain is caused by an emotional buildup in your body of something you're not dealing with. So the best way to deal with that pain that can sometimes turn into disease if it's more than chronic pain is to get it out of your body. So the strongest tool I know of is write and burn. Once you write it and burn it, it has now exited your body. Now, are we done? No. No. We're not done. No. (laughs) Thank you for answering, Susie. So why aren't we done? Because often it's going to take multiple, multiple times to really, really free that energy. And what I didn't get to is what happens is after you've gotten rid of that energy, all this loving, healing energy is going to flood your body. You can call it God. You can call it spirit. You can just call it endorphins, whatever word works for you. You're going to be flooded with a healing energy that no one can deny. Once you do this, I guarantee you, Food Heals Nation, you're going to start feeling better. You're going to start feeling gratitude and love, and it's all going to overcome you. And it's like overwhelming. Sometimes you want to cry. You just cried and got all your anger out. And then sometimes you want to cry because you're so happy because you got it out. Now, you can't do this one once and heal yourself. You're going to have to do this in most cases. I mean, maybe if it's a light issue, you might heal it once. In my experience, because I've been through some deep traumas, It's repeated over and over and over until parts flee your body. So maybe it's like layers, like psychotherapists always talk about peeling the onions and getting to the deeper layers. Sometimes you're going to clear one layer at a time and that's, it's going to get a little bit better and better each time, but keep doing it. Don't give up and you will heal yourself. You will heal your issues. You will stop being in depression. You will stop being in anxiety and you will be in the present loving moment and you will feel the self-love that Tiffany is talking about. We all have it. And then on top of that, you know, Ali made a really good point. It's getting it out of your body, getting it recognized because sometimes there's traumas that we are like me. Well, I didn't recognize my self-loathing. I couldn't. I didn't know. That is a great tool. There's so many other tools, talking to people, talking to a a therapist that you like. A a family member of mine who I talked into therapy describes it as going to the gym for his his brain and his heart, Mm -hmm. for his emotions. Mm -hmm. And even myself, I'm like, ah, I'm kind of done with therapy for a while. And he's like, how can you stop? It's it's like going to work out. It's just getting out the stuff in your mind. It's it's purging it. So that is another way. Physical exercise, whatever that means to you, Tai Chi, running, 
gentle, harsh, whatever you like to do. Some people like to beat themselves up. Some people can't. Some people like to do something more gentle, like a yoga. Connecting with your body also just gets rid of like that kind of, you know, nervous tension, whether it goes to depression or anxiety. What are some other tools, Allie? I mean, write and burn is the most powerful, but I want to say that what you just said really resonates because I think that if you think of it as a routine, as you know, many of you do. It's a tool. Yeah. And it's like you said, exercise. So a lot of people have an exercise routine and they know I'm going to work out four days a week at this time, or I take this class, or I go to this trainer, or I go to this gym and you make it a part of your routine. Even like let's say that exercise is not a part of your routine. You eat three meals a day. That is part of your routine. So make right and burn, make self-forgiveness, make letting go of judgment, make meditation, make being present part of your routine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not just something that you're like, I'll do that next week. It's like, make this a nightly event or a day, you know, it depends on how much trauma you want to deal with at one time. And, you know, some people can't do it every day. Some people can. Maybe you're going to commit to once a week. Make it a commitment. Make it a habit. Make it something that you're doing regularly because one time usually won't work. It's kind of like therapy. One time is great, but it's not going, you might have some great revelations each time, but the more you do it and the more it becomes a habit, the more you're healing and clearing so that you can really, really be in that happy, holistic, present, healthy state. And that's what it's all about. And so Susie, you said, what are some more tools? I think, like you said, exercise is a great one. I think meditation and yoga is Mm -hmm. a great one because they're all about being present. They're all about being in tune with your body and your breath. And those are super important. It brings you to the present. Yes. I think therapy works for a lot of people. I think tapping, which we were talking about EFT on another podcast. Right. Uh, We're talking about it on another podcast. My favorite on YouTube. If you've never, if you don't know what EFT is, Google Brad Yates on YouTube. He is absolutely fantastic. I've done a bazillion of his videos. Emotional freedom technique can um, free you of a lot of things, trapped emotions, physical pain, pretty much everything. I agree. And I also like Nick Ortner and Gabrielle Bernstein also have great tapping videos. And this is something you can do at home for free, Food Heals Nation. You don't have to go see a therapist. Now you can, they exist and they're, they can be great, but you can do this at home. So look into emotional freedom techniques, EFT, Google it on YouTube. Susie, we should make some of those videos. We will. We absolutely will. (laughs) Yeah. We're working on some, some classes. Something just popped on my head. I think my headphones, like something, someone just tapped me like, do it. Oh my God. You're getting a message right now from the universe. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. That's never happened before. Yeah. And I'm all the way over here. I'm across the table. So I didn't tap you. No, you didn't. (laughs) Someone else tapped me. (laughs) Someone tapped you. No, we will. Maybe it's your mom or someone. Could be. Tell me to do them. (laughs) All right. So we're going to do that. Thanks. Thanks, universe. Mom, we're not sure who. Just tap Suze. And one um, last note to Tiffany. Back to our question. One of the things that I know also helped me in getting through depression and anxiety is gratitude, which we've mentioned, and compassion. One of the things that I can pull away from my experience in having depression is knowing how hard sometimes it can be human. Mm-hmm. And seeing other people and knowing that they may be going through the same thing. And I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to them. And I have compassion for them. Not not joining them. That's a different thing. Sometimes I'll see someone who's homeless. We live in Los Angeles. We have a large homeless population. Mm-hmm. And I really feel just kind of sad at their circumstance. And I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying 
having compassion instead of joining them or kind of putting yourself in their place just having that kind of shared experience and 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 sharing your heart space and knowing what that it is hard to be human Mm -hmm. I think and that um, having compassion like that brings you closer to everybody else I think depression and anxiety separates people having compassion unites us and then gratitude of course this is another thing someone told me no matter how bad you are having it there's always someone that has it better and there's always someone that has it worse it's true which is kind of tied into the compassion and thing that i was just talking about and it's like when you think about back to like a pendulum you know it's like it could always be worse and it could always be better and so what be in the present moment because that's all you have I mean, there's no better way to end on than that. That is perfect, Susie. We're going to be right back with Tracy Crossley. We had a question come from Food Heals Nation from a mama, and so we reached out to our friend Tracy, who's also a mama, also a psychic and intuitive, to answer that. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Food Heals Podcast, where you'll find the tools to become a hotter, healthier, happier you. We'll be right back with Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Food Heals Nation, are you looking for the perfect scheduling tool for your business? Are you sick and tired of sending emails back and forth and wasting your precious time on scheduling your clients? If so, we've got the solution for you. That's right. If you own a massage business, a therapy practice, a yoga studio, and we know many of you do, or even host a podcast like us, Acuity is the only scheduling and time management tool you will ever need. Take it from us. Acuity allows you to schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. And automate your client bookings, cancellations, reminders, and even payment with one click and zero frustration. You're here to make yourself money, not make yourself crazy. Clients can see your real-time calendar availability, self-select the time that works best for them, and easily book and pay for their own appointments in advance, sparing you those stress headaches, mix-ups, and grunts of frustration. Before we had Acuity, we were spending a ton of time and energy with back-and-forth emails, trying to book guests, and sending them questions, and having to constantly follow up and send reminders. But Acuity changed everything. Yep, Acuity has completely automated our process and freed up our time to focus on the things we love to do, like providing our Food Heals Nation with high-quality content. Yes, so now instead of a mess of emails, we send our guest a booking link. They choose a time that works for them. They fill out our information form, which includes links to their website, their bio, their photo, and all the information we need, all in one place. Then the booking syncs automatically with our calendars and poof, we're done. Such a time saver. Such a lifesaver. And Acuity does so much more. Yes, you can automatically send branded and customized confirmations, reminders, and follow-ups via email or text message, and even accept payments and tips through Stripe, PayPal, Braintree, and Authorize.net with the click of a button. Get started today. Go to acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals to get a 45-day trial. That's an amazing deal, Food Heals Nation. It's usually 14 days, but we scored an exclusive discount for you, acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals. We love it, and we know you will, too. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with a listener question that we wanted to give to our friend Tracy Crossley. She's an empath, an intuitive, and a psychic, and we had her answer this question for us. Hey, Tracy, we have a question from Jennifer that we're hoping you can answer. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So Jennifer says, 
I am a mother of eight, a marathon runner, and we homeschool our children, so my life is pretty busy. I have also struggled on and off for over half my life with anxiety, mainly health anxiety and anxiety with driving. I have at different points in my life been on medication and I've been through therapy. Both helped for a while, but it always seems to come back. I would really like a more holistic approach and to be healed of this problem. Do you know of any tips or resources that may help? I do understand you're not doctors, but I've heard you mention tips for other conditions. So she's not looking for a doctor's opinion. She just wants to know, like from an expert who has dealt with anxiety before, like what are some things that she can do? Well, okay. First off, there's a few things that she can do, but there would be a few questions that I would ask. And the first one is she has an obvious disconnect from herself because I can't imagine with having all those kids homeschooling and driving, just that alone means that she's not really even in her body. She's busy taking care of everybody else and everything else. And so mother of eight, let me repeat that. Yeah. Children and marathon runner and and homeschool. So you can imagine this is the busiest person, you know, I probably have ever heard of. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. true. I mean, I had three children and I used to run marathons and do all of that too. And I didn't have eight children and I know what I was like <laughs> back then. So, you know, the thing is for her is that there's a disconnect, but it's something that she's probably done since childhood is to serve others, right? To be of service, to forget herself. And that's probably how she she feels she gets love. That's probably how she feels she gets validation is because she's giving to other people, but she feels like an empty vessel. And what happens is you get anxious because there's a fear of what if, right? She's trying to cover all her bases all the time and she can't necessarily cover all of them. Not when you're, I, I want to say split apart in that way, you know, where you're just running from one thing to another and you don't have any time to be connected. You, you really can't protect anybody, let alone yourself from a what if, right? So there's always the what if, what if I'm not doing enough? What if this happens? What if, what if, what if? And that just drives your anxiety, but you don't know it because you're, when you have anxious thoughts, they're like a merry-go-round, right? I, I'm sure you guys have experienced anxiety. It's just round in circles and you can't seem to get out of the loop of thoughts. And most of those thoughts don't have anything to do with what the actual anxiety is because the anxiety has to do with the deeper belief that you have about your self and your trust in the world and your trust that life is actually going to be okay. Or you trust that you're going to, you know, that you yourself are okay. So, so it's about feeling safe in the world. Is that accurate? It's about safe in the world and safe in yourself yeah. to actually be in your body. And that is something our society has a lot of trouble doing. So there's different things that she can do. Um, and I, I recommend one thing which isn't have anything to do with what I do, but it's something that I know for sure does help with anxiety and that's neurofeedback. Mm -hmm. Um, neurofeedback can help. The other thing is obviously, as we all know, meditation can help as well. And these are great. And, and here's the thing with it. It still doesn't necessarily get to what the core beliefs are that it's like looking at a tree, right? you got the tree leaves. So we're talking about 
with meditation, you start to deal with the tree leaves, you get to some of the trunk, but until you can get to what the core beliefs are that continue to put her in a position to, let's say, perpetuate the same behavior that she's had, it's not going to stop. It may be less. These things help. Running probably helps. That's why she probably runs because those endorphins are great, (laughs) you know, when it comes to dealing with any sort of emotional, mental condition. Um, But she would have to really want to dig in. And so one of the things she could also do is journal. And I don't mean just journal. I mean just vomiting on to paper, just any thoughts, whatever, just go, go, go. That helps because it can help her to get clearer on what it is that's actually going on with her. And then she has to take action to make changes in her life. You know, bringing in more self-care, which means boundaries, Mm -hmm. which is yes when you mean yes, no when you mean no. I know with raising children, it's a different story because like I said, I have three children myself. They're all grown. Thank you very much. And, (laughs) you know, um, but it's really about her taking care of herself because here's the other part of that. And this is the thing that most people don't think about. We are models for our kids. So when you're running around and and you're at everybody else's beck and call, you're teaching your kids that this is a way to get love, that this is a way to be validated. And that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a psychologist, um, Robert Bandera, who was all about the modeling, you know, that kids do. And that is very true. So you're teaching your kids, hey, look, you should be stressed out. You know, you should perpetuate this cycle. And she probably doesn't even know why she does it. I mean, I'm saying these things and she probably hasn't even thought about this. Right. So that's that, you know, but that's where I would begin. And I would get somebody who could get into what her belief system is and help her to set up what her boundaries are. Because the thing is with boundaries as well, they're not about other people. They're about how you treat yourself. And when you treat yourself with respect, other people will treat you with respect. And if they don't, then you make a choice about who you are around or not around and so on and so forth. So it's it's like your boundaries are just a set of standards that you want to live your life by. And it doesn't sound like she's the one in the driver's seat of her life. So even though she's driving, she's not really creating what she wants for herself. I think that is just beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Tracy. And if anyone wants more information about you and what you do, how can they find you online? They can go to Tracy Crossley. T-R-A-C-Y-C-R-O-S-S, as in Sam, L-E-Y dot com. And that's my website. There's a contact form there. They can also find me on Facebook or Twitter. Just pop in Tracy Crossley on Twitter and Transformative Coach on Facebook, and you will find me. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for your question. Thank you, Tracy, for giving her an answer. Susie and I uh, emailed her our thoughts as well, which coincidentally had to do with journaling and meditation. So we're not too far off from Tracy's advice, but um, thanks so much, Tracy. And we will have you back for more questions soon. Thank you, Tracy. Oh, thank you very much for having me. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. 